2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
3: Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Text messages that do not age well, nor do uh, first segment rants like myself tonight. Uh, 11 minutes ago from the 979, I'm at the Rocket game. Hit the breaking news siren. This just in. The Rockets are uh, bleepy. Uh, Well, they've taken the lead 51 to 48 with a minute 55 remaining in the second quarter. Uh, The bench getting it done for the Rockets. I'm in Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jeff Green off of the bench. Uh, combining for 17 points, a steal and three boards, two dimes. Van Vliet running with the second unit, getting it done tonight as well. Five of seven from the field, four of six from three, leading uh all scores with fourteen points for the Rockets. He has fourteen. So we'll keep you updated there. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Five seven two four six ten. Just I asked the question last segment, you know, with the cap numbers going up, do the Rockets To the Rockets. Do the Texans not have as big of an advantage uh, this offseason as you maybe had thought they did 24 hours ago? Let's get out to the phone line, see what you guys think. 713 572 4610. We'll hit John. You're on area 45. Welcome in, John.
1: Hey, Sean Patrick. How's it going, man? You know, you guys are my favorite, man, like I told you last week.
3: I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Thanks, man, because you guys always, you, you make a lot of sense. Look, man, uh, I don't think that salary cap going up and everything is going to uh, hurt the Texans because so far, Nick Casario just does not give me the impression that he'll pay stupid, stupid money. You know, I think Nick Casario pretty much know, already have an idea of what he's going to do and how much he's going to pay and that type of thing like that, man, but li- I will say this, man, you know, thinking about it and looking at the, if you all guys don't mind, looking at the Texans' schedule, man, I hear people talk about, you know, the Texans got all these holes. They need to get a a linebacker, a a cornerback, safety, all this stuff, offensive line, uh, defensive line, and I agree with all that. But, you know, looking at that schedule, who they're going to play, let me tell you something, man. Honestly, not. I'm thinking about, you know what the Texans' number one priority is going to have to be, bro? What's that? They got to get a better running back. They yeah. got to get a running game going because if they don't, these these teams that have made the playoffs we're playing this year is going to be just like when you all mentioned earlier in 2013, it's going to be Matt Schaub and Aaron Foster. If you remember back then, when Aaron Foster didn't play, they killed Matt Shop. All them years of when the Texans were pretty good, 11-3 or 11-4, something like that, that was our area in Foster bro. Listen, you got to have a good running back. And one more thing before I let y'all go. Yeah. All these stations is talking about these running backs. I, I think Nick DeSera is going to probably draft a running back. But if he was to sign one of these top running backs, I mentioned to y'all last week, go back and look at the film, man. Josh Jacobs is the running back, man. He breaks tackles. He runs with pride. The guy up there in New York, he's been falling down because he doesn't want to get hurt because he want a new contract. The kid up there for Tennessee, he's past 30s. He'll be okay for us, but Josh Jacobs is 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 Damien uh, uh our boy last year. Yeah, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I hear He's you. He's bigger and stronger. He he break tackles, man. I, hey, y'all so have you're a not night, concerned bro. about
0: the fact that Josh Jacobs just had the worst season of his career.
3: But you know Jacobs again is what's first for, for everybody listening. Go ahead, give us the numbers. Games played, yards, yards per carry. Worst season of Josh Jacobs' career.
0: Uh 13 games. 233 carries, 805 yards. That's three and a half yards per carry. Uh huh. Six touchdowns. Yep. That's the worst season of his career.
3: I get it. He's 26. He is. 26 or 27. He's one of those.
0: He's 26. He's 26. not old. No, he's not um, old. He has had, he's coming off a year where he had 340 carries the year before. Yes. Um, and he's a guy who's had at least 217 carries in all of his five seasons. And I don't necessarily think that's a terrible workload. I also think that prior to this year, it has been pretty damn good. Yes, he has. Plus, the Raiders were meh. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's fair to be, okay, you know what? His his yards per carry went from 4.9 to 3.5. That's got to at least have a box that gets checked on the sheet. Sure. And I
3: think, you know, look, the Raiders, they're amongst, uh, you know, one of the top teams now. Uh, with a little, they're one of the teams that I should have mentioned really that are behind the Texans, um, that saw an influx in their cap number, uh, increasing, they're going to have an upwards of $50 million, 48 to $50 million to spend in free agency this year. And as improved as that defense was by the Raiders last season, when Antonio Pierce took over as head coach, the offensive numbers didn't lend itself out, uh, to be significantly improved as the defense did. That's something I think they're gonna you know, address this offseason, whether he has a future there or not, I don't know if they decide to move on a different direction. Here's the thing that we're where we're at. There's no question that Josh Jacobs is talented. There's no question that Damian Pierce is talented. But are either one of those guys, can either one of those guys be a fit within this scheme? That's one. Two, can either one of those guys get back to doing what they do best at their optimum level from which we'd seen them for Jacobs, handful of years experiencing the NFL, or a Damian Pierce, you know, just that one really good rookie season on a crappy team behind this offensive line, which seemingly, for my money, is not going to change. The question is, is, okay, really two questions, who's going to be your center and who's going to be your left guard? And both of those guys are probably already on this team right now. Not to say that you don't draft somebody or bring somebody in to maybe compete for a left guard spot or, uh, you know, even a center. And I just don't think that's possible. I think Juice Scruggs is your center, but th- those are those questions.
0: Juice Scruggs is your center. Sure. Uh, the question is... Well, you know, and I asked the question because they maybe sixth, they think he'll be left guard. Well, I don't they know. they had a six-round pick that they took who also plays center Patterson, and, and he was really good, and he played eight games for you before he got hurt. And he was solid, and I think there's a, uh, a solid chance that he is your inside swingman, meaning if Kenyon Green is healthy and actually shows the talent uh, and the you know the expectations of what he was when he was a fifteenth overall pick, mm-hmm. and everybody in the world freaking gushed over here's Kenyon Green, this physicality, and look at him ten yards down the field pancaking guys, you know, before he got hurt and had to play through it and looked like ass. Uh, is, ass. is is Kenyon Green able to to recapture what? what <laughs> was expected of him. That would make Jared Patterson, the inside guy where he's going to sub in at center, sub in at both guards. And then you actually have Titus Howard. I don't know, play right tackle where not this year, cause he didn't play any right tackle, but the year before he and Laramie Tunsil combined to only give up what three sacks as tackles the whole season. Mm-hmm. So maybe having guys in their right spots and guys being healthy might actually hop the offensive line. I know that's crazy. Uh, No, I
3: think that's a that's a very fair point. And look, the Texans have obviously expressed faith and belief in their offensive line coaches, uh, and Popovich and Chris Strouser, who's the O line coach, who had not coached an O line within this scheme before. The fact that he's going to be back, you know, when you're in the NFL, who says you can't get better from one season to the next in a particular position group? Right?
0: It's the one league where guys go from from last to first more than any other sport because every year between the draft and free agency, there is so much player movement in the NFL. It is possible to go from last. Like, there are no more five-year rebuilds in the NFL. You get two. If you're not ready to be on top or challenging for the division after two years, you're out. Just, Just look around. Look how many coaches have turned over Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Look how many GMs have turned over in the NFL because, hey, if you've had two years and by year three, you're still garbage, you're fired. Sure. And we just have
3: the numbers. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago about the turnover with offensive and defensive coordinators. I mean, it's almost two dozen over the course of not even, what, 12 years, 13 years? And a large percentage of those guys aren't even in the league going into the 24 season anymore. (laughs) It's nuts. Some of them are in elevated positions. Many of them aren't. Many of them are in lesser roles on teams. You
0: want some crazy? Longest tenured NFL head coaches as of right now.
3: Longest tenured.
0: Longest tenured. Just as head coaches within the league, not with a particular team. team.
3: Okay, current team. Head
0: coach, current team. Matt LaFleur. Green Bay Packers, five years. He's number seven on the list yeah. of thirty-two. Which is five years is number seven.
3: Which is impressive. Consider when LaFleur got that job, he had one year of coordinator experience. One year, and they made him a head coach.
0: I mean, five years makes you top eight in job security. Mm-hmm. That's that's the NFL. When they say not for long, they mean not for freaking long. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yep, 100% right. And that's that's just what it is. And it shouldn't take you 4 or 5 years to rebuild. It shouldn't because look the Texans were one of the most recent team to do it worst to first. Twenty one out of or twenty two now out of the last twenty four seasons, I believe it is. A team has done that. The Texans are the very latest, and they did it by churning over more than fifty percent of the roster. How much of the roster from last year is going to be churned over this offseason?
0: The six guys ahead of Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin, legacy head coach, champion. John Harbaugh, legacy head coach, multi time champion. Andy Reid, legacy head coach, multiple time champion. Sean McDermott. Turned around the Bills, Sean McVay turned around the Rams, champion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys. Oh, and Kyle Shanahan turned around the Niners. Shaney,
3: yeah, not yet, champion. (laughs) Maybe just of the NFC variety. A couple of runner ups. Yeah, a couple of runner ups. Seven one three five seven two four six ten five seven two four six ten.
0: All right, let's uh, let's let's get to some. You know what they don't have at at Levi Stadium. Uh, like the well, Colts I have, could, like
3: I, I could go a lot of ways with playoff that. playoff
0: qualifier, <laughs> the playoff qualifier banner.
3: Oh, like they do in Indianapolis. Yes. The, yeah.
0: Yeah. Good pull. Hey, we got there. <laughs> we made it. Does that still exist, by the way? <laughs> they still have it.
3: Oh Lord, well, I hope they have to keep that up there for a very long time. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Astros. Grapefruit Grapefruit League action begins tomorrow. Uh, let's hear from Joe Espada on some of the things that he's looking forward to seeing uh, when play begins tomorrow?
0: Taking it to the to the other team, like being aggressive, like knowing knowing, the, knowing the, the the weaknesses of the other defense, like, you know, who has a strong arm trying to take an extra base. Uh, there's opportunities for us to take extra bases, but sometimes we choose not to because of who's on deck, right? And we, you know, our guys are smart about when is the right time to do it, but I think there's there's opportunities out there, and I want us to take take some risk, calculated risk. I think is important for us to to take uh, and put our guys in a position to get some easy RBIs. You know, um, it's easier. You know, our guys rather hit with a man on third base with one out than man on second base with one out. So there's opportunities for us to do that. So we're going to to push our guys to to do those things in spring training.
3: All right, I love what Joe Espada said there, and obviously he was focusing more on being aggressive on the Bates paths and. He used a lot of terms that I think you can apply elsewhere, like being aggressive, calculated risk, easy RBIs. Those are some phrases that he'd mentioned in that clip um, that I think everybody's listening to and say, man, that sounds really good. Who wouldn't want all of that? What if you could do it in other ways besides being aggressive on the base paths? What if you could do it by being aggressive with creation of your starting lineup, your batting order? You gave me an idea the other day, and I just cannot stop thinking about it. We were talking hypothetically about maybe moving Jordan into the two hole. I Jordan freaking love that. Um, I think that is more realistic of a possibility now after hearing that clip and what Joe Espada said today than ever before. Because when he's talking about aggressive, calculated risk and easy RBIs, this is a guy who. You know, I think we saw, even for just a moment in time, Game 5, ALCS, last year against the Rangers, when Dusty Baker gets tossed into spot is in, he made a move, pinch hitting guys, um, and I think he probably told John Singleton, you don't dare swing at one single solitary pitch up there, my friend. You go and you work that walk at your ass on first base because I got something cooking here. I mean, it was that moment in time where it's like, you know what? This guy thinks differently. And he's not scared to take a gamble. I think we see that Joe Espada this season. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to where you do get the opportunity to maybe to see Jordan bat in other areas. Maybe the two hole, hopefully, uh, than you normally wouldn't.
0: Let me pull this in a little tighter too, right? Mm -hmm. We'll peel the onion back on this a little harder. Historically... Teams don't like to run in front of their best hitter. They Mm -hmm. don't want to take the bat out of the guy's hands. Even if you're an 80% base stealer, they don't want you taking the bat out of the the best hitter's hands. You don't run in front of Jordan. You run behind him. Mm -hmm. If he's going to bat two, you're not worried about, oh, okay, I can't send my runner because I don't want to take the bat away from Jordan. I don't want to close up the hole on Jordan. Uh, You don't have to worry about that. He's batch two, and outside of Altuve, all the speed's behind him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys on the Astros who are not going to steal bases. Alex Bregman isn't going to steal bases. Yainer Diaz isn't going to steal bases. They're, just, they're not runners.
3: Nor is uh, Jordan.
0: Uh, yeah, Jordan's not <laughs> stealing bases. Uh, Jose Abreu is not stealing bases. The guys who, who are going to run are going to be Tucker, Chaz, Myers, Dubon, they're the guys who are going to run. They're all going to bat down in the order. Mm-hmm. You want to be aggressive with your speed down in the order to turn the lineup over to get Altuve and Jordan back to the plate with guys in scoring position. So, to me, if you want to be more aggressive on the base paths and you consider who your aggressive runners are going to be, Jordan bats two. That, that's That's the logical progression in that for me. Yeah. And... Yeah, Jordan, again, Altuve All got great on base points. Th- 391 on base last year. Jordan over 400. That gives Bregman and Tucker a lot of fastballs because this guys on base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You, you, you hang a curve to Alex Bregman, and he's going to put it over the wall.
3: Yeah. Tell me how you're vibing with this lineup I put together. Altuve, Jordan, Bregman, Tucker, Yiner, Abreu, Chaz Pena, and Myers nine.
0: I like that lineup. I like that lineup a lot. Now, depending on how spring goes for Jose Abreu,
4: mm-hmm.
0: Abreu and Yiner might flip in that lineup. If if we get September October Jose Abreu, he's going to bat fifth. If. No yeah That's and if if he ba- if he if he is that guy if he is September October Abreu he is going to hit fifth. That's what I'm saying. It's an if, and I think it's still a big if until
3: you see it because again. And the- I
0: think that the other part of the reason for that is Yiner hasn't learned how to walk yet. He he will he will he will eventually harness uh, his his knowledge of the strike zone, and because again he doesn't generally. Strike out on pitches a foot outside. The problem is he's swinging at pitches that are outside, and he's rolling. Them yeah, open.
3: he's swinging a bad ball. He's rolling them all. Bad outs. Yeah.
0: So as he learns not to force that issue and takes those pitches, he will draw more walks. Look, early in his career, Jose Altuve didn't walk. Mm-hmm. He hit 340 and have a 380 on base because he didn't walk. So you know, you Ichiro pounded a lot a-
3: of those bad balls where he could have walked into the ground and beat him
0: out. You know, Ichiro was a guy hit for a high average, mm-hmm. didn't walk. Lance Johnson hit for a high average, didn't walk. As he learns to take take his walks, he will get the OBP up and he will move up the lineup. Uh, and so I feel like if if, if Abreu can be the healthy Abreu from the end of the season, he'll bat five. If he's not and he's struggling, then, yeah, I think Yiner could be batting five and that's five because of the power.
3: He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani, Area 45. Coming up next, we'll get you the day's top stories with hot leads and work in some of your phone calls and texts as well. Stay there. Area 45 on Sports Radio 610.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
1: These are the new leads.
2: Now
3: look,
1: I need the leads. These are the Glengarry leads. Two lead cards for tonight, two lead cards for tomorrow. Why give him the good leads? He's got the leads. He's got the leads. He's
3: got the good leads. The whole thing is the leads.
1: They stole the Glengarry leads. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. One.
3: Time for hot leads on Area 45, today's top stories. He's Batcher Creighton, Sean Bajani with you. We'll begin with the NCAA unable to enforce NIL rules after a court ruling today, a federal judge in Tennessee granting a preliminary injunction. That's going to prohibit the NCAA from punishing any athletes or boosters for negotiating name, image, and likeness deals during their recruiting process or while they're in the transfer portal. Uh, The injunction is not a final ruling in the case, but the judge's decision likely has uh, an immediate and dramatic impact on how NIL deals are going to be uh, used in the current recruiting process, according to reports the NCAA rules. Prohibit student athletes from signing uh, NAL contracts that are designed as inducements to get them to attend in uh, or get them to attend a particular institution. One of the few restrictions in place for how student athletes can make money. Um, this doesn't seem like it's going to be something that is solved relatively quickly, or is it?
0: We are getting closer. The greatest possible outcome that we could ever have in college sports. Mm-hmm. The immolation of the NCAA as an entity. <laughs> Burn it to the ground.
3: This is uh They are you, toothless. If you thought it was uh if you thought it was the Wild West, now, now it really is, right? Because you could kind of the way I read it. You can kind of do anything you want to,
0: and the NCAA can't do anything about it. It is a free market economy, even for college football players and college basketball players, uh, including women's college basketball players. Uh, by the way, congrats, Caitlin Clark, on your new NIL deal.
3: What is that? I didn't see the worth.
0: Uh, eight hundred thousand dollars. Oh, so you want to? Hear, this is the crazy Man. part. About it. So Caitlin Clark's like eight hundred thousand dollars at NIL deals. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A an adult. Webcam company called Cam Soda. Uh-huh. Who they are shameless self-promoters. They will offer anybody a million dollars to get on their site and take their clothes off. Literally, if you're mm. famous, we'll give you a million dollars. Oh, you got to be famous. So, Damn. of course, what do they do? They publicly offered Caitlin Clark a million dollars to do a one-hour show on Cam Soda and get freaky. Stop. He said you can even bring your boyfriend. That's cool too. Like, they are shameless self-promoters. Hold on, hold and, on. And I couldn't decide. I'm like wild, man. I'm like, is this just genius marketing where, hey, we're going to capitalize on somebody else's names. So we're basically going to get free plugs. Or is this, like, really dirty, nasty, grimy, pervy crap where, yes. hey, we're going to find, like, a hot female athlete and be like, hey, want to do porn with us? Because that's not creepy at all. Well, it's all of
3: the above, but it really accomplishes the first thing. The fact that they even made it to the public um, you know, with the offer. Now people are going oh, to go... they blasted it out. Sure. Now people are going to go check them out, see what they're all about. And they've got thousands upon thousands of clicks they wouldn't otherwise have gotten if not for attaching... Even if it's just a proposal, somebody's name like Caitlin, Caitlin Clark to that. That's I, that's crazy.
0: I can tell you I have never, ever been to Cam Soda. But I guarantee you at least four people who work with us have. <laughs> Why do you guarantee this? Just numbers. <laughs> just numbers. Just like, you just law of
3: averages. Law of averages. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, okay. Four? At least four. I mean, geez, there's
0: not that many people up here. A lot of people watch porn.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cam soda. I mean,
0: I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm not telling you if you watch porn you're a bad person because if you watch things in the privacy of your own home, that is your business.
3: That is on you. All right.
0: And and as long as you're not downloading, you know, malware at the same time, good on you. If that makes you happy. Uh, it's
3: 2024. You should know this by now. Don't download anything. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on Hot Leads 2. The New Orleans Saints are restructuring quarterback Derek Carr's contract in a move that is expected to give the team around $23 million in salary cap relief. That now on top of the $13 million or so that they got as part of the relief package by the NFL, increasing the salary cap uh, today. Carr was due $30 million in base salary for uh, the upcoming season. He's under contract through the 2026 season for any uh, – excited Saints fans that were curious out there as part of the four-year deal that he signed uh, last spring. That could be worth as much as $150 million. I don't know if he ever sees uh, all of that money. I know there's a lot of Saints fans that don't want him to. Uh, but with that significant increase in cap space, the Saints now have uh, quite a bit of money to play with uh, under the new uh, ceiling. And I had that number, and now I lost that number. The uh, like
0: $144 million in cap space. So I think they've got eight players under contract.
3: Yeah. Um, actually, according to uh, Over the Cap, they are bottom of the barrel. They're actually 40 over. So they got a lot of movement to do. Uh, they're going to be moving around a lot of money. What they typically do is push money from year to year to year. So, uh, yeah. So
0: according to Track the New Orleans Saints have $114, $115 million in cap space after they've cut and restructured and done everything. They're at $114.9 But it also says they have eight players under contract.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, that would put them at the top by a lot, though. It would. If that's the case. But it, it also the,
0: means they have to sign an entire freaking team.
3: Yeah. And then once they do, I think that's probably this projected number. Of them being so far in the uh in the red. Next up on Hot Leads. Three. So a little bit of drama in Philadelphia. Oh no, I wanted to get to that next segment. Oh, you know what? That's gonna do it for Hot Leads. My bad. That was all I had. <laughs> My bad. Seven three one- sight. <laughs> yeah, not three. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Here's what I wanted to get to coming up next drama in philly will it involve a high profile eagles player being let go some uh intriguing audio that i will play for you when we return that's next at sports radio 610
4: <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Midella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Live from the Twin Peak Studios, Sport Radio 610 presents Area
3: 45 with Bishani and Creighton. Bajani and Creighton back with you at Sports Radio 610. So, a lot of drama in Philly. And, man, I got to say, I was listening to this audio earlier today where uh, one A.J. Brown decided to call a uh, Philadelphia radio station. And I could not help but think, that, man, we missed an opportunity over the course of the last few years. How cool would it have been, the drama that could have ensued if one Deshaun Watson would have given Sports Radio 610 a call (laughs) to set things straight, or if DeAndre Hopkins would have phoned in one day to set things straight, or if Brandon Cooks, when he was going through all that uh, pre-trade deadline drama, could have called in and set things straight.
0: J.D., Call us and tell us how Bill O'Brien lied to your ass. <laughs> we didn't get any of that. But. 713-572-4610. <laughs> uh,
3: I was just thinking, man, what could have been? We'll have that for you in just a second. If if, if Seth Payne had to uh, address a situation or Clint Sterner as a couple of former NFLers, as did one Ike Reese, a former Eagles linebacker, did uh, today, we'll get to it in just a second. I'll fill you in. Maybe drama going on in Philly. Is there something to it or not? That's really the question. Uh we all know the Eagles collapse went from uh 10 and 1 to finishing 11 and 6 on the season. Something was up. It had to be more than just uh the guy you were talking about the other night. The uh the 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 Eagles uh security uh guy. Oh, Big Dom. Yeah. Big Dom. Like I was looking at this earlier and yeah, it does pretty much match up. He was let go mid-December and uh, that's kind of when the wheels ended up falling off all the way for the Philadelphia Eagles as they limp into the postseason, but had to be much more than that. There had to be something. Well, maybe there is. This week, uh, Craig Carton of FS1 claimed that he knows exactly what happened. However, he's not going to tell you a thing. Take a listen.
1: Well, I can tell you that it is a problem that would splinter any group of men. Any group of men. men, it is a real significant problem. Yeah, I
4: know It cannot be fixed. I will tell it's you that. It's the it.
0: one money yeah. we No, <laughs> Women, <laughs> women. Oh, so, no, I'm not going to say more than that.
3: But yes, I know what the problem was. I know they're trying to fix
0: it, they and I don't fix it. it. I don't think it can be fixed. So it would be very interesting to see if a high-profile player don't. is no longer
3: with the Eagles going into this season. And by the way, maybe he will be, but I'll be interested
0: to see if he is. All right? You tell us as we go along? I'll, t- I'll you tell you. you crumbs for us to check? I'll give you a couple crumbs. Oh, yeah, man. sure.
1: I'll- all
3: right, but he didn't give you any crumbs there. Did-
0: exactly did- how they talk in the yard in jail, man. Exactly <laughs> how they talk. And Craig Carton knows all about that. Yeah, yeah, he'd been there for a little bit. Did you? Could
3: you make out the uh, somewhat inaudible Uh, in the background while he was going through his thing. You kept hearing somebody on that panel saying, women. It's women. It's got to be women. Women! Do you think this is a rift between A.J. Brown, potentially, and Jalen Hurts' name has been brought up. A rift between them. Is there a woman in the mix? Do you
0: think that that Craig Carton is saying A.J. Brown, Shaq, Jalen Hurts' girl?
3: Do you think that's what it is? Does Jalen Hurts have a girl? I don't Think officially, not that I know of. Um, you know, I'm not that into like uh, the NFL gossip on that level. You're,
0: you're not all on the wags, okay? So, Jalen Hurts' girlfriend is Bri Burrows. Okay, she's uh, looking at Facebook profile. Uh, Did you Google? Is, this is on Pro Football Network.
3: Current relationship uh, status?
0: Apparently, she was. Uh, he knew her from when he was at Alabama.
3: Uh oh. Okay.
0: She is very attractive.
3: No, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. She is it, she is not an ugly. Have you she Googled is, any images that she might be seen with AJ Brown anywhere? Is uh, that a possibility?
0: Haven't haven't quite seen that yet, but <laughs> let's see if if we can try to <laughs> try to dig up the dirt.
3: <laughs> if there's dirt to be found, you would probably you know, not be the, the first one to is, find is there's it.
0: There's a story uh on in the New York Post from October. Uh huh. Where it says, Jalen Hurts refusing to keep girlfriend Bri Burrows a secret. That they've been dating on and off since 2016. And uh, he he told the the post he is not going to keep her a secret. He says, I know I put a lot of focus in my job. Everything I don't have to be explained. I'm happy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's out there for the world to see. He then told Essence that he is spoken for. <laughs> they were six and one when he when he gave this, this interview. Yeah,
3: he's feeling himself. And I'm sure a lot of women out there were uh, trying to get them a little piece of uh, Jalen Hurts. And he said, hey, I got to let the people know. I got to let these ladies know I'm spoken for. And then maybe he uh, put her out there too much. And AJ got wind of it and said, oh, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I bring AJ Brown's name into this because, well... His name has been bandied about as a guy who maybe has some drama going on with players on the team, and maybe that's the main cause of the rift and the breakup that uh, turned into the Eagles' disastrous uh, you know, final six, seven weeks. Well, Adam Schefter, um, after appearing on 97.5 The Fan in Philly, said, quote, in response to Carton Somewhat spilling the beans about a rift between the Eagles said, I texted someone in the organization yesterday and the text that I got back was none of that bleep happened. Well, then A.J. Brown called into a radio show in Philly hosted by uh, former Eagle linebacker Ike Reese and Jack Fritz. That was earlier today, by the way, and Brown just wanted to clear the air, apparently, on the false rumors that have been swirling around the organization. Not so sure that he ended up doing that, but Here's a small clip, take a listen.
1: What's the deal? What's the, what's the deal like you guys are supposed to be supporting Philly but you know it don't turns out, turn out it don't turn out to be that, you know what I'm saying? Like why why make up so many rumors, you know what I'm saying? Like because most of the rumors don't don't even be real rumors. These these are rumors that you guys are making up and everybody run with. Like so what's the deal like
3: So this takes me back to one Craig Carton I don't know, and he did not, of course, disclose his source, how he'd found out. He just seemed to be pretty damn adamant that he knows what happened. He knows that they're trying to fix it, but he also says he knows it can't be fixed. Is this guy absolutely full of crap in trying to create a bigger bleep storm in Philadelphia than actually exists, or do you think there's something to it?
0: Okay, so... Knowing Craig Carton and his career and the things that he does, and it is wholly plausible that he is 100% full of crap. Mm-hmm. I, that is wholly plausible. This is not, well, you know, it, it is it is 100% within the realm of the type of stunts that he pulls that he is lying out his ass.
3: But he's going to go on... Television.
0: Well, yeah, because... A show
3: that is seen... Clicks, baby. Click, click, click. Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily national television. There is a... A lot of people have seen this. This has gone viral, and you're going to go out there and you're going to say this. Like, when you've already had issues with your credibility, that's where I'm always like, why would he do this if there's really nothing there?
0: Because credibility doesn't mean anything in media anymore. The only thing that matters is how much attention you get. There are enough people... Uh, in our business, who have shown they don't have a lick of credibility about a damn thing, but they generate all these clicks from all their nonsense and their crap that they're always talking. So they're making millions and millions of dollars because advertisers don't care if you're getting clicks because you're knowledgeable or because you're a jackass. They only care that you're getting the clicks. Mm -hmm. And that is right up Craig's eye. Craig has no shame. He's no shame. He will say and do anything if it gets the clicks.
3: And here's the problem. Now he's going up against Adam Schefter, who right. has all of the credibility.
0: You know what? Craig made a very interesting point. He say, he's like, I said, Craig's like, I said that there's a rift. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say what it was. Mm-hmm. So how can Schefter go to Philly and they're going to deny everything? What are they denying? I haven't said what it is yet. Exactly. So how can they deny what I haven't said existed yet?
3: Right. Well, there is there is also this. So Adam Schefter is going to call, you know, who he knows in Philadelphia. Howie Roseman. And say, hey, is there any truth to what Carton said? Mr. Editor, sir. And they're going to deny everything, but which was... Absolutely nothing, because Carton did not give any details, and that's the thing. And Carton Sheffield said,
0: leave are carrying three cases of water, like he always but does." But nobody's
3: going to tell Schefter. Well, yeah, everything. Carton's right. There is something brewing here. They're not going to, you know, fuel the fire. Of course, they're going to deny, even though they don't know exactly what they're denying. And this is from Carton. He said, "Quote: Considering I never said what the situation was, what exactly are the Eagles denying?" I don't know what the Eagles are denying. Just because the team is denying something and saying it didn't happen, we should believe them. The fact this has become such a big deal is comical. When Adam called Howie Roseman, that story, did he ask him about in relation to what I said? I was very specific not to reveal what I know to be true. So, again, what is total bleep and what is being denied? There's... When you're going up against Adam Schefter, I feel like nine times out of ten, it's not going to be good for you because the NFL teams have chosen guys like Adam Schefter and your your Garofalo's and your Stephen A. Smith's. Like These are the mouthpieces to them. They choose to tell these people things, information that they want to be out there. Not guys like Craig Carton. And so Adam Schefter, whether you believe he holds bags for teams or not, maybe he does, maybe oh, he, he doesn't sometimes. he absolutely does. But you're going to believe him over anybody else at the end of the day.
0: I think that there is a, a pretty good section of, of fans who have basically accepted, especially in the, in the wake of all the leaked emails from the commanders, where Adam Schefter was going to their former team president and asking him to proofread the story he's going to write and make sure that it's, a pro- it's it's acceptable to him, Mr. Editor, sir, mm-hmm. that we now know it's out there. All the suspicions is Shefty carrying the water. We know Shefty carries the water. And age of information uh, and certainly age of conspiracy theory. I think there's a good section of fans who now consider... She has to be nothing more than a mouthpiece as a PR guy for teams. And especially in Philadelphia, where they're cynical about everything to the nth degree. And Philadelphia radio is really centered around drama and, you know, hearsay and all the, the nonsense, uh, you know, how much how much drama and conflict can we get? They're they're drinking that they're gonna drink that right up. But here's the thing. The way
3: that you couch that, and I'm not going to disagree because I don't know enough to agree or disagree. I'm just gonna ask you this question. If you're a guy like Adam Schefter, who's developed relationships with agents and front office executives throughout the entire league, then he's going to go to Howie Roseman in this case and say, Hey, is there any truth to this? Or whoever he went to in Philadelphia. Assume it's Roseman. All Roseman's going to tell him is, no, I'm, he's going to deny it. Schefter can dig if he wants to. But the information that was relayed to him by the team, an executive or whoever it was, is all that he can report to discount what Carton said or what anybody would say on a particular uh, you know, story like this. So when you say he's a mouthpiece, I mean, ultimately, that's. That's a reporter, in my mind. Like, you're going to go ask the questions, you're going to get the answer, and then you're going to disseminate that information to the masses.
0: Shefty's job is, you know, kiss ass, get info. Sure. Relay info. But Shefty is always pro-team. have like Every time you read something from Schefter, it's always pro-team. Mm-hmm. It's never, you know, if it's player what versus... What do you mean pro-team? Pro Anytime there's something that's like player versus team, uh-huh. he's always team. Anytime, oh, I see, yeah. And anytime it's it's league versus players Kind of the protect the shield type of he thing. He is yeah. pro league. Mm-hmm. So it's always protect the team, protect the league, protect the shield. If I got to throw a player under the bus, whatever. Uh, and here where he's going, you know, I, you know, went and checked on, uh, you know, what Craig Carton said, and I heard from a source that that is, you know, not true. Well, you don't even know what you asked. Mm-hmm. What did you even ask? Hey, is there anything going on that could possibly be? Absolutely not. How could you say there's absolutely no way, no how, not a thing you went 10-1 and, and finished the season just L-L-L-L-L?
3: Right. It's got to be more than just your head security guy being banned from the sideline for the last six, seven weeks.
0: So, I mean, look, the Eagles don't want to tell you what it is. And I'm sure, you know, guys like A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, they don't want to tell you what it is. But somebody who was on that team last year, that's now not going to be on that team is probably going to wind up being an anonymous source who feeds the info, whatever the info might be, whether Carton's exaggerating it excessively, whether he's pulling it at square out his butt or whatever it is, we're going to find out probably in May after free agency, after the draft, when, you know, those guys start signing in different places. Oh, by the way, this happened in Philly. Yeah.
3: But see, the, the thing, the, the big difference to me is between Schefter and Carton, Schefter's not going to the locker room. Schefter's not in the locker room once a week, twice a week, three times no, a week, whatever it is. No, he's in his home be. office. Right. Carton might be a guy who has a relationship with a player on the team, regardless of status or stature or high level, low level oh, he's, profile. He's, he's sliding the DMs. Yeah, maybe. And there's a lot of guys that do that. But he's trusting to some degree enough, at least to where he's sharing this information, you know, publicly on at least regional TV that, hey, this is what I've heard in being as general about as you possibly can as to doing nothing more than fueling the fire, fueling the rumors that have been surrounding the Eagles for literally now two months.
0: Even if he's completely full of crap, how many eyes of that story get? And now, that, All of them. and now that Schefter has gotten involved, more eyes sure. have gotten on it. How many of those eyes now say, hey, you know what? Let me see what Carton's going to say today. He is excellent at self-promotion. Sure. He's also excellent at fudging truth.
3: Sure, but you also got one of your highest-profile players on the Philadelphia Eagles to call a flagship radio station and say, hey, let me clear the air. Though I'm not sure A.J. Brown really did. I mean,
0: again, what air are you clearing if we don't know what was or wasn't the sure, issue? Sure, and he didn't say anything.
3: He just said he really wanted to be in Philly and that uh, you know these rumors are false. Well, what what rumors? Because there have been a billion of them. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Aren't you glad we don't have to deal with that kind of drama rumors. anymore here in H Town? Gotta love it, man. Coming up next, final line with the program is here already.
0: Twitter sphere.
3: We got to get some Texans on the same page for uh, their petitioning for. Uh,